Advisors, mark your calendar. Exchange is back, and we are ready for some learning, connection, and fun in the sun. Join the Financial Advisor Community February 5th through the 8th in Miami, Florida at Exchange, an ETF experience, an in-person conference crafted specifically for the Financial Advisor Community. Use the code EOTW for a discounted advisor pass and learn more at exchangeetf.com. Again, that's code EOTW for a discounted advisor pass. See you there. One fun. On point for today, the expert to talk about it. This is the ETF of the week. Welcome to the ETF of the week, where you're in the right place if you want to learn all about exchange traded funds. Because my guest is Tom Lydon. He's the vice chairman at Vetify, which has everything you need to be a savvy, sophisticated, and smart investor in exchange-traded funds. From research and data to what's trending and what's new in the ETF space, Vetify.com has everything you need to be a good investor. Mostly, it has Tom Lydon. Tom, it's great to chat with you again. Great talking to you, Chuck. Thanks. Your ETF of the week is... The iShares Europe ETF, ticker symbol... IEV. IEV, the iShares Europe ETF. And you know, normally, Tom, we get later into the conversation before I'm asking, hey, is it a 200 day moving average play? But this fund, well, it recently crossed its under its 200 day moving average. So that would put it in long term buying territory. But it's also above its 20 day average and 50 day average. So is it just about the moving averages that this fund is in the right place at the right time, or is there more to it right now? Sounds like a Yahtzee to me, Chuck. <laughs> well, we like it when we win. Why are we winning with this fund now? Well, you're absolutely right. Uh, you look at long-term trends. This is a classic example of an ETF that represents a developed area of the world that for the first time in a long time has gone above its trend line. And it's not just that. From a technical standpoint, there's a lot of other reasons to consider investing in developed Europe. Number one, even though equity markets around the world have declined, valuations have really gotten a lot better in this area of the, of the world. The S&P, for example, has a PE of 17 this ETF has a PE of 11 and a price to book of 1.6, half of that of the price to book of the S&P 500. So for the first time in a while, a new trend develops. Pricing for the stocks that you pay within the index are also less expensive. However, if we were to do a gut check, the economy's off, we've got an energy issue as we go into the winter months. And oh, by the way, there's also a problem in Eastern Europe with Russia invading Ukraine, which may continue to cause problems overseas. However, if we're starting to see interest rates stabilize potentially next year, number one, and maybe starting to see the dollar stabilize, I mean, we've had a great run up in the dollar. If the dollar stabilizes and settles to a certain degree, and we actually see the euro start to maintain certain levels for a period of time that would no longer work against equity markets in Europe and the UK. 
So those are some things to consider. On top of this, from a diversification standpoint, and a lot of people who have been heavily allocated to the S&P 500 have looked for other equity areas to be in. The sectors that are most important here in this ETF are financial services, healthcare, industrials, and consumer defense, where if you had a high correlation of the S&P, you were mostly allocated to technology, financial services, healthcare, yes, but consumer cyclicals. It makes sense to diversify outside the U.S. because many investors have had a home country bias. That's worked well for them coming out of the financial crisis. However, as we look going forward, might the pendulum swing and might European and emerging market stocks rebound more than what we've seen in the U.S.? Well, you know, you talked about hitting the Yahtzee here with the iShares Europe ETF when it comes to the trend. But a different hard to follow trend these days has been the dollar. We've had a lot of dollar strength. Now the dollar has been stepping back just a little bit. You in the past have picked at times international funds that were hedged for the currencies. There's some evidence that this is a better time to not hedge your currencies if I understand currency fluctuations correctly. Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, currencies are an asset class. Some people argue that it's just something that you're going to have to deal with. But if you look at the fluctuations in currencies, they have had a big effect on stocks, depending on where you're investing and where you live. This has worked really well for U.S. investors. I mean, hey, I took my first European trip in four years just last month. And it was pretty inexpensive going out to dinner and staying at hotels. Like, it was really nice to be able to have a strong dollar. Will that continue? We're not sure. And again, for those out there that are wondering, what does that mean? If you're invested in European stocks, but the euro goes down by 30% compared to the dollar, that can force a 30% decline in the valuation. Because although you own an ETF that's based on European stocks, you have to convert that back to the exchange and the U.S. dollar. And every time you do that, if the dollar is stronger, you're losing valuation there. But that can work the other way. If we actually see a rebound in the euro, for example, and the valuations are so attractive that people are buying European stocks, well, if the euro went up by 10% and this ETF went up by 10% in six months, that would translate into a 20% move. Yeah. The dollar in the last 30 days has dropped fairly significantly. And this fund has had a pretty good month. It's up about 10% in the last month. Now, how much that continues, that's an open question. But that question also, as we said, Yahtzee on all of the moving averages, is this a moving average play given everything that we've got in the headline risk and the rest? I think it is number one, but number two, Chuck, there are a lot of people who have money on the sidelines, both in equities and in fixed income. If you want to take advantage of this P-E ratio, which is crazy, having a P-E ratio that's not that far away from be being single digit, what might that bring in the next five years or the next 10 years? I mean, even for people that are close to retirement or in retirement, if you're going to live another 20 or 30 years and your 
not excited about putting money into fixed income where we're still going to see inflation. We're still going to see rising interest rates. Does that make sense for an allocation in your portfolio? I think so. I'm not sure you're going to have these types of valuation opportunities, especially as a new uptrend's developing. We have talked many times about how domestic investors don't have enough internationally, et cetera. Frequently, you're saying it's been hard for them to get into emerging markets because they're worried about the risks. But of late, it's been hard for anybody to buy Europe because developed Europe has not necessarily felt great. Is this a case where you also want to be letting some of this build up because you're trying to get your asset allocation back on track? And how much of a portfolio would you let a fund like this be? 55% of global market capitalization is outside the United States, but you wouldn't know it by looking at it at American portfolios. It's been the right thing to be over-allocated in the U.S. Eventually, the pendulum will swing. Before it swings, make sure you have something overseas. And I'm not saying that Europe or emerging markets are going to offer the, the best opportunity, but diversification tends to work. And diversification really tends to work after market declines. So if you're optimistic about the next five or 10 years, this is something to consider. Yes, it's a trend following opportunity as well. Where would it fit as far as an equity allocation? I mean, 10% of an equity portfolio in IEV makes sense to me. And IEV makes sense as the ETF of the week. It's the iShares Europe ETF. The ETF of the week pick from Tom Lydon at Vetify. Tom, great stuff. I look forward to doing this with you again next week. Thanks, Chuck. The ETF of the week is a joint production between Vetify.com and Money Life with Chuck Jaffe. And yes, that's me. And you can learn all about my hour-long weekday podcast by going to your favorite podcast app by visiting MoneyLifeShow.com. To learn all about investing in exchange-traded funds from what's new and what's trending to what's hot and what's changing, Go to vetify.com. They have all you need to be a better ETF investor. They're on Twitter at Veta underscore Fi and Tom Lydon, their vice chairman, my guest. Well, he's on Twitter too. He is at Tom Lydon. The ETF of the week is here for you every Thursday. Don't miss any of our episodes by following along on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you next week. And until then, happy investing, everybody. Everybody.